Welcome everyone to Systems for Conscious Living and I'm your host Daphne Romani. Today we're having a conversation with Lisa Mori of Colorado Earth and I will read a brief bio and uh, and then we'll get this conversation started. So Lisa Mori is a professional engineer and architectural designer who has been working in the construction industry since 2000. Lisa started building with Adobe Bricks while living and working in New Zealand in the early 2000s. There, she was involved in design-build firm with that constructed nearly 50 homes. From this work, Lisa published the book, Adobe Homes for All Climates, in 2010. Lisa's mission is to scale the natural building industry um, in Colorado by offering an affordable wall system made from locally obtained materials. Lisa was recently recognized as a woman making contributions to reduce carbon emissions with the within the building sector. Well, welcome, Lisa. It's a pleasure to have you here, and I can't wait to get this conversation started. Thank you so much. Thank you for doing this and having me on this conversation with you. Appreciate it's my it. My pleasure. Um, okay, so what inspired you to become involved with the earthen construction and CEBs in particular? I get that question sometimes, right? And I'm a, you know, trained as a civil engineer and then went to New Zealand to study architectural design. And, you know, as a as a design professional or someone in the built um, building industry, we recognize that we're changing the environment. Our role is to create habitats for um for people and for for our lives to improve. And so in, in, in doing so, we have to um, make some deconstruction, right? We have to um, dig a hole, take down trees and and change the environment. So when I was learning about green building, natural building, trying to poke into that sphere uh, from a few angles in the US, and it was really when I was in New Zealand that being exposed to uh, this ancient earthen adobe, this mud brick that has been around for in constant use for 10,000 years. I had not been taught about it in school. Um, at least it was a, only a brief mention in my materials engineering class. And so it was a way that I could uh, really get hold of in this work and this way of building uh, with, with this material. I saw blocks being made, um, walls being constructed, beautiful arches being installed, and pl plasters applying to the finished wall. So I uh, love the craftsmanship and, of course, all the benefits that, that I've learned that come with it. Oh, great. And what brought you to New Zealand? Was it part of your studies? Yeah, Itchifa, 22-year-old, um, looking looking for an uh, interesting opportunity in life. And and I was all, always drawn towards architecture and uh, wanted to use the other side of my brain, I remember. And and um, as good things do sometimes in life, they it came together pretty quickly, finding the school in New Zealand, submitting a portfolio and getting on the plane to head to Auckland. So very grateful oh, for that experience. How exciting. And um, what are some ad advantages of building with CEBs and earthen materials? Yeah. So CEBs are um, stand for a compressed earth block. And sometimes you'll see the S in front of the CEB for SCEB, which means it's a stabilized compressed earth block. Um, coming from the background in, in New Zealand with adobe or, or mud bricks, as, as they were called in New Zealand, I saw compressed earth blocks as a way to scale this industry, as a way to make um, blocks without having to bend over, 
as much when you're making them um, a higher compressive strength block. The um, They're more um, regular in size and shape compared to Adobe. So they look, look to the eye as something um, more traditional. So it, I thought it was a good entry point to, to bring this earthen masonry to, to market and to scale. Um, from a ethos point of view, it's really the very same uh, raw material, very similar thermal energy performance, um, some structural um, differences, mainly due to the compression. But that is what kind of drove, drove me towards the CEB um, as, a, as a small step, you know, diverting from the Adobe. Yes, great. Um, that that's very similar. Uh, what attracted me to learning more about uh, CEBs is the the fact that it has a higher compressive strength, and in a way, in a lot of ways, is a lot more uh, similar to the more generally accepted masonry, masonry products that are already in use. Um, so, do the blocks need to be finished or sealed in any way? both interior and exterior and, or over time, do the blocks tend to become brittle, powdery, or otherwise weaker if they're not finished? Hmm. The, the typical answer is it depends, right? So um, it depends uh, in what climate you're building it, uh, probably first and foremost. Second is to that is how are the blocks stabilized and to what um, ingredients do they already have in them? A, for instance, a highly stabilized um, block may not might not need any finishing with uh, in some climates with a or with a design that has a large overhang over on it. Um, like any building material, we want to protect the walls from uh, you know moisture and and freeze thaw conditions. So you know traditionally, with this material has been used around the globe. Um, you know, in those arid climates in which there was not um, the effects of, of snow and rain and, and whatnot that we have now. So where it's being used now in other climates. So with the addition of, of um, even with a small percentage of cement or lime add to the material, to the block, it is still always a good idea to put a, a rendering um, or plaster finish to those uh, exterior walls. There are some really good breathable sealers, clear sealers as well. Um, but we want to minimize maintenance. We want to minimize, um, you know, having to monitor the walls after a, a major storm or shoveling snow away um, from a bottom of the wall. So for this reason, yes, having a, a plaster finish. And it's important what type of plaster finish that is. If you were to put a cement stucco on, say, a lime stabilized earth block wall, you might be trapping moisture in that wall system. Uh, which would not allow that that moisture to find its way out and eventually uh, dry. So there's some particulars there. So um, ideally, yes, and and of course, it all depends on on those factors I mentioned. What what building types are most suitable for uh, CEB construction, and can I ha handle multiple stories? Hmm. Engineering, the, the engineering um, dictates a a height limitation to these this wall system. So the New Mexico Earth Building Code dictates a, a height to width ratio. So typically uh, kind of a, a 10 to one, so you can go about 10 feet tall with a foot, a one foot wide um, uh, wall, wall width. So that's a kind of a, a rule of thumb and you can 
pour a bond beam around the top of wall and continue another story above that. Um, it is going to, again, back to the, it depends on, on the seismic conditions, on your wind load conditions. Um, one story you can do in, in many different, um, even in high risk se seismic areas with reinforcing and, and involved in the, in the wall, two stories is also very achievable in most, in most locations. Anything above that we're getting into, you know, a much heavier wall system, a much, um, beefier foundation, um, you know, in Yemen, there's uh, there's a uh, earthen. There's called the Manhattan of mud. You, if you look on photos of this, you'll see, uh, you know, 10, 12, 15 story buildings that have been in constant occupation for um, over a thousand years, and it's all all made of of mud, of adobe. So, again, it's it's going to depend on the engineering and and to some extent the the compressive strength and the the material selected. Okay. And what does a typical wall assembly section look like and how is the code driving that particular design mm -hmm. or decision? Yeah. The fortunately uh we we are working with the TMS, the Masonry Society um code code committee. We actually have have formed a a code committee that's addressing changes to the existing um appendix A that covers the earth and masonry portion. Uh, there was a time in which the TMS thought that this was a an ancient code and should be expired. And uh, fortunately, a few of us raised our hands and let us let them know that it's um, still in practice today here in the U.S. So, given the opportunity to make some improvements to that code, but you know, there's um, there's the traditional adobe wall system that is a typical 10 inch wide wall, and um, the New Mexico Earth Building Code dictates a lot of the the code requirements for that, particularly in New Mexico. Here in Colorado, we are um, addressing a colder climate, um, building a double wall, a double wall. So if my hands were bricks and the schematic um, that you'll share will show um, a double wall, double wall and with an insulation cavity. And so that it creates about a 15 inch wide wall. And that is, you know, that's the the very sim simple way to explain the wall system. And then there's plaster on the outside and plaster on the inside and horizontal reinforcing that's that's um, tying in those two whites or wall segments together. And of course, bond beams and lintels and flashing details that kind of all complement um, it as a whole. So, yeah, it the there's the I um, the IBC and the IRC. There's um, chapter 2109 is has an empirical design code for Adobe. So it outlines some of the strength requirements and, um, you know, engineering of the block itself. But the structural engineers I work with predominantly use the TMS and design the wall as a structural reinforced masonry wall system. So, yeah, it's, it's a little bit, a uh, um, few layers to pull apart there. Yeah, great. Um, and um, are CEBs regularly used structurally or do they necessitate a post and beam structure with maybe concrete or steel or something else or or can they bear the weight themselves? Yeah, ideally they they are made to bear the weight. So they're a, they are a structural block. Um, you don't need any other framing or, um, you know, member to kind of hold the structure up. So the wall is being built as 
as it's going up. And um, again, the only other, the only framing we typically do in walls are for some of the interior walls, like closets and pantries or, um, you know, framed walls that might kind of um, form like the bathrooms and, and things in the house. But these can be also used for the interior. They just also need a footing and foundation system. And of course we can have them be a skinnier and un uninsulated wall for that. Oh yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's and good. in that case might, might offer the opportunity to have it maybe uh, more natural and not so finished and mm -hmm. covered up in a way. Correct. Yeah, correct. Um, what do you see the biggest obstacle um, to working with the CEBs? What are some challenges and what are the best ways to overcome them during construction? Mm. Well, I'll iterate um, something one of my clients shared yesterday in, in getting the same question. And it was really the difficulty in working with some contractors that, that had not seen or worked with this system before. So some of just the time involved or the work involved to educate other contractors, other subcontractors um, of how 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 this wall system goes together. So we're, you know, anything different, anything new, there's often people have a, a risk tolerance to, to what they're comfortable with. So I'm finding, at least from my client's perspective, that, you know, really, um, being very firm in their decision to move forward this way, they they understand that there's that they're now going to be, um, you know, part of the the sales and marketing and education team to grow awareness to the building community. Yes, understandably so. And do you see this as the main and biggest obstacle to a wider adoption um, in, on a larger scale in the construction industry, or what other obstacles might be to that? Yeah. I mean, first, the material has to be available, right? There has to be some um, people who are providing the material, people who are providing the design, and people who are, are building these structures. So uh, all day long, we can have codes and, and um, you know, education in place. But if, but if we are not actually providing and this material is accessible and, this, and the services are accessible. So that's what I'm looking and intending to do is to uh, create new earth block facilities in which we're making a localized uh, material or block that's supporting a region. Obviously, these bricks, um, and we want to minimize the, the transportation of you know all of all of the building materials we work with. But particularly, that's my one of my missions is to uh, find our our natural resources where we can set up facilities that support that region. And then, of course, upstream of that, support the design community and support the masonry community as well. Right. And then in along those lines, uh, is that something that uh, you you offer training uh, for those kinds of uh, edu educational purposes or yes, yes, yeah. So if you're an um architecture firm or an engineering firm or a design firm, that would like to understand how these walls are are, um, are put together or are designed and some of the codes around it. Um, I, pro I provide lunch and learns to these to these organizations. And I feel that if if all the knowledge stays in one bucket, then it's uh, the industry cannot cannot grow um, to the same to the same way that we can um, influence our, our 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 clients, our projects and have uh, greater awareness of what the options are so that our clients can make informed decisions. 
Oh, that's great. Yes, uh, it's very much needed. Um, and do you find, uh, especially with your latest projects, uh, that there have been financial advantages for your clients in construction? Or how, how would you equate, you know, investing in a structure, in a CEB structure mm -hmm. versus traditional mm -hmm. uh, or standard stick frame construction? Mm -hmm. Yes, great question. And of course, back to it depends, right? But what I'm finding here in our in our labor market, in our market here in Colorado, of course, we just experienced the the Marshall Fire um, in December of 2021. Over a thousand homes burnt down, um, and in one neighborhood. So there's a whole rebuilding effort. And so there's a lot of good opportunity for data collection and and and, and cross um, comparison of each owner is, you know, choosing how to rebuild their home. And so what we're finding is that the, um, these homes are, are affordable. They're within the scale and the range of what, um, certainly other perform high performance custom homes are falling in for, um, production builders are always wanting to do things as cheaply and quickly as they can. And those are, just some some general metrics we're finding those about twenty are about twenty percent cheaper than a higher performance custom home, and we're hearing that these production homes that have gone in, you know, the siding is already coming off on a high windstorm event. Um, some debris is you know coming through through some unsealed pockets around the window. So there's just there's going to be a quality um, concern with when you do things on a, you know, on a very cost focused basis. So a 20% increase to me to get a home or a quality home that's going to keep you safe and um, secure and hopefully for hundreds and if not thousands of years for future generations is certainly um, for me, worthwhile investment. Indeed. Um, and uh, what do you think, uh, what, what would you like to convey to young architects getting in the field uh, mm -hmm. um, to appeal mm -hmm. them to uh, perhaps explore these natural materials mm -hmm. and CBs? Mm -hmm. Be curious and don't uh, believe everything you you um, might see or read. You know, there's a, a we're in this a little bit of a wild west um, world right now in terms of around the green building topics. And, and um, so be wary of some greenwashing that goes on and really peel back the onion layers and understand the concept of how things are made and what, what kind of embodied energy it takes to create something and understand it both from that perspective as well as from an operational perspective, how long is this meant to be there? And so our mind is constantly analyzing trade-offs, but if we don't know some of the full picture, then we can't obviously um, make decisions of what's really important to us. So there's, yeah, there's a lot of ways to look at something that's high-performing or high, you know, sustainable and, but to just to really be curious and to dig in, dig into the, what questions um, need to be asked by the people that are providing this material. Yes, great. Um, and what what um, are some what are some of the best resources for learning both how to design and build CEB structures? It, are is hands on workshops the best option? 
I think that um, hands-on is always, always a great option. I mean, that's often how we learn best is just through this, you know, sensual um, kind of touching and, and working with the material. So there are um, some workshops available. I also offer people to come and lend a hand on a construction project. Um, that's also an opportunity and be part of the block making process. There's tours you can go on. Um, yeah, for me, it was, it was definitely, um, a lot of kind of integrating with the community and, and with the natural building community and attending workshops, there's industry events held by Adobe in action. Uh, the earth builders guild is one. Um, if you're in Texas, the Earth and Construction Initiative. Here in Colorado, we have the Natural Building Alliance and the Colorado Green Building Guild. So finding your local, your local organizations that are are working to understand building science, um, and within within that, you can often uh, wind your way towards the natural building community. Yeah. Excellent. And um, when it comes to working with the building codes, and um, what are the best ways to become familiar with that? And are there special resources or short of just reading the code sections uh, as a whole, what, what would you recommend for becoming more familiar also with, um, you know, educating the local building departments that may not be familiar with mm. this, this yeah. path? Yeah. I mean, mentorship is always a great, uh, one of the best ways that I think, you know, um, designers and engineers can, can learn. So finding, um, finding a mentor that can maybe help pour over the co codes together. And, and, um, if, if the mentor is not familiar, but has some more experience and especially in masonry, um, to, to really, to really find a mentor that can, Hey, Hey, I want to learn about um, unfired earthen masonry, would you, can we set aside a half hour to maybe look at some codes and understand them? I think that would be a great, a great thing for young designers or early in career, um, designers to do, you know, I've never been turned down for a building permit within the, the building departments or building, building, uh, reviewers. Sometimes they'll want to ask questions about, um, you know, some out of curiosity about the blocks, but it's really that professional engineer that's that's stamping the plans, that's putting his his um, you know, his liability on on having reviewed and structurally approving the plan. So, as as long as that's in place and it and it should be for the structures that we that we do, um, the building department has has not raised any uh, concerns around what we've submitted to them. No, oh, that's great to hear. And um, have you had um, much experience with uh, creating uh, or you constructing um, commercial buildings with CEBs? Predominantly, our work has fallen under the residential um, okay. realm. And uh, however, there's there's certainly a desire and an interest to start working in the commercial realm, um, of which there are some coming to fruition currently. So. You know, there's different, yeah, there's different hurdles and, and things around the commercial um, aspect. But again, staying within the, the realm of the of the one or two stories and the height restrictions and um, and those parameters where there should be no there should be no barriers to doing commercial work. Mm -hmm. 
Do you think uh, CEBs can offer a solution or a path to affordability in the long term? I do, and and you know, as um, certainly been a very important part of why I got involved in this, and where I think there's a you know a humanitarian effort to provide quality housing, especially to those who need it most. So I think with the complement of a workforce program that is, you know, part of initiative to support a community and the redevelopment of a community, whether it's, um, you know, our tribal communities or low-income housing. Um, as you can probably understand, the material is fairly inexpensive. Dirt is um, right under our ground and, and can be um, tested to make sure that it's going to make a good block. So it's the labor always involved that's, that drives up the majority of the cost and the production and the installation. So where there's a workforce program and a training program and educational component to draw in the community to um, support a development, I think we have a great, great opportunity for affordable housing. And I always like to remind people that affordable housing should not and mean it's cheap, right? It's, it's, um, it shouldn't be the equivalent of something inferior or low quality. We want to keep, um, a high performance and quality building for all people. So again, labor initiative there. Yeah. And um, in your years of, you know, being involved in the, in the field, have you seen an upward trend in, in interest from the general public and demand? And do you think this could really be a viable um, career path for the young professionals entering the field and entrepreneurs, developers, and mm. builders mm. to uh, move into that direction? Do you think it would be like a really yeah. successful niche in the long term? Certainly, that's my vision. That's my um, my hope to leave behind um, for for the legacy of within construction. But you know, I think the hope has always has always been there for this community and and having having there be so many layers and so many components um, within the design, the building codes, the engineering, the, the the product, I kind of liken our industry or the earthen industry to the concrete industry and its inception. So when they were trying to figure out what is the optimal mix design for a concrete block, right? We have this sand, we have this cement that's produced by this manufacturer. How are we going to mix it and, and form a block that meet, reaches this performance criteria? So we are those... Um, you know, mad scientists from the concrete early days in which we are working with different natural materials, clay being the, the predominant binder here. And it's a very exciting time to be in this industry because we have so much interesting research happening on the sidelines of algae and, and um, you know, bio biomass materials that are coming into play and how can they, you know, all, all attacking the issue and concern of reducing the concrete carbon footprint. So it is an exciting time. I think um, just good recommendation for anyone in life, you know, always be careful about, you know, um, and and find good mentors, find people who who you can train under, work under and and grow with. And I think that's just, that together we we do we can do a lot more than just as individuals, you know, um, champion on in our own a uh, smaller way than than we can collectively. So I do. I'm very I'm very excited and very hopeful and and what I'm seeing now is 
is a lot of really exciting new conversations and potential partnerships uh, to bring sustainability to really of, of the forefront. So absolutely. Yeah. It's, it's an exciting time for designers and, and, and construction. Great. Right. Um, and you founded Colorado earth. Tell us more about what you offer, how people can find you and uh, how, if people are interested in building their own home or something else. Sure. Sure. They... Yeah. So coloradoearth.com is my current uh, website. I, um, recognize that if I have a vision to go to a larger scale and to support other communities, that um, the name Colorado Earth might might um, has been a very focused region, right? So I have I've launched a new company called Novaterra, which is soon going to be coming online, and that is the vehicle in which I'm looking to support these other regions and um, like the wine industry that takes these grapes from here to make this beautiful bottle of, of uh, Chardonnay, you know, we'll be uh, working with resources in other areas to produce a block for that, for that region. Um, again, under the, under the Novaterra um, effort. So, um, but in the meantime, do, do please reach out to Colorado earth and, and I'm happy again, as I mentioned, to support the design industry with lunch and learns, happy to come out and meet with your teams um, also, if there's a community of Masons or contractors in Masonry that are interested, I have a 30-minute video tutorial um, to share with them so they uh, really understand how these walls are assembled. You know, what what do they from what they already know to what maybe new things they need to understand to to mainly kind of give an educated bid to to projects that they might see that come their way. So yeah, please do reach out. That's great. Yeah, and. Um... Uh, do you also um, offer design services, right? So if, if yes. people don't know where to start and... Yes. Yeah. So if, as if you're a um, person interested in using this product, then we can help you with the full, you know, full design phase. So um, from pencil napkin sketches to to completed construction plans and engineered plans for your, for your building department. Um, obviously, acquisition and, and providing blocks to your project and and any construction support. So, you know, having to um, to create a new industry and to create a new um, product out there, it it has to be integrated, fully integrated with um, all the components, so it's successful. Great. Um, yeah. And I guess we already covered uh, the last question, which is, how <laughs> would you like to see the field? evolve um but I, yeah. I, if you have anything else you want to add to yeah that. you know and i um i i see earth blocks and earthen masonry and and all of this as as one of many solutions i'm really excited about some of the other um products that are coming out there and i think that we have the ability and chance now to really see what's coming forth on the market and and make some educated decisions about what makes sense where. So for instance, my blocks are probably not best suited to Alaska, right? Given the, the transportation and and um and maybe the difficulty in finding a good resource of material there. Cold climates is is obviously a in an area of which I'm looking to support. So you know what is the effectiveness of thermal mass? The, the property of these blocks and in, in which climate zone. And whereas you might want to look at a, you know, a, a lighter weight or a higher R value system for, uh, for some regions that specifically don't 
um, change in temperature much, especially if they stay very cold. So I just, yeah, I think that um, just being aware and being open and curious to all the things that are kind of coming forth now and, and using our best um, analytical brains to, to make the best decisions. Great. Well, thank you very much, Lisa. This has been an inspiring conversation. I really hope to see uh, the use and adoption of CEB to be become a, a wider, um, yeah, cover wider grounds. Mm -hmm. And um, I really appreciate this conversation and we'll, we'll keep in touch and maybe we'll have a follow-up uh, conversation later on to see if there's been any progress. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me.